Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Went camping last week. And uh, who likes camping? Who doesn't like camping? I am now in the like camping box. Uh, and because, look, here's the reality, because I chose to, because I chose to. I'm not, a, I'm not a camping guy. There's some people that like staying out under 10,000 stars. I'm a five-star guy. Uh, I, I like it air-conditioned. I like it comfortable. I like it controllable. And uh, camping's not my thing. And, and I just decided that this time when we went camping, because I've had all these guys say to me, you've got two boys, uh, you've got to take them camping, and it'll make them men, and, and they need the outdoors, and, and all that sort of stuff. And some of you are clapping, uh, like you know, I never went camping, and I turned out perfect. And uh, and no, but I needed, they needed to take them camping and get them away from the PlayStation and devices and no Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And and so, num- years ago we tried camping, and the reality was it was an epic fail because I wasn't all in. My wife, she she grew up a camper. My boys wanted her to go camping, but dad didn't wanna go camping. So the reality is it didn't work because all of us weren't in. So I had to make a decision. This time we went camping, I was gonna be all in. In fact, I was gonna suggest it. I was gonna lead the way. I was gonna make the decision. Let's go camping. Because in the past when we did it, I wasn't in. I wasn't all in. Uh, So we didn't have a tent. So I borrowed a tent and it was a small tent where basically we all slept on top of each other. There was just so so little room. So this time I went and bought a nine man tent. There's only four of us, but let's go nine of us, just in case we multiply in Jesus' name. And you know, that's weird. And so we had a tent and, and, and last time I let Sean set up the tent. Cause I'm like, you wanna go camping, you set up the tent and uh, you're judging. And this time, guess who set the tent up? This guy and uh, did I need Sean's help? Yes, I did, but that's okay, I gave it a go. And um, uh, uh, last time, because I, I, I didn't care where we put the tent, so we just put it on the ground and turns out we woke up in the morning, we were on an angle all night. My youngest, who's eight and he's so light, was literally laying down the edge of the tent like on this angle, because he just rolled during the night. So this time I got one of those bubble things that you put on the ground and it tells you, is it even? You know, uh, spirit, spirit level, thank you, Daniel. Uh, and, uh, and you know, and made sure everything was good. Uh, last time we went camping, no sleeping bags, no sleeping bags. Just let's lay on the floor, let's get a quilt. I didn't have sleeping bags, just thought we're taking quilts because we're not doing this again. Uh, this time, Shans and I got a queen pump-up quilt that was about this high. I slept more comfortable than you did in your own home. My boys got mattresses, we all got sleeping bags. Shans and I got a queen sleeping bag just in case she wanted to snuggle. Turns out, not in a tent when you're sharing with your boys. And uh, you know, uh, what else? <laughs> Last night, I never went to the toilet for two days. Cause a long drop. I wasn't using a long drop. I'd rather cramp, you know, and uh, <laughs> this time I decided I'd use the bathroom. Because of that, I went to West Beach Caravan Park instead where it's much more comfortable than where we went last time. Uh, uh, We went for one night last time because there was no way I was gonna shower this time. We went for five nights. Because I thought, let's push push the limit, people. Still didn't shower, it was gross, but anyway. (laughs) We did shower. But I made sure, I like gaff taped thongs to my boys' feet because they weren't coming home with diseases. But anyway, (laughs) here's the difference from last time to this time. 
I was all in. Reality, Shans was always in. The boys kind of were in. But I had to be all in. If we wanted it to work, we had to be all in. And that's why we're, we're kind of streaming and talking right across the church today. Because in what I know God wants to do this year, in your life, but in our life together, if we're not all in, we won't see it. And I wanna show you a key that I believe the Holy Spirit shown me, that if we wanna see a move of God, we wanna see fresh outpouring, we wanna see healing, grace and restoration. I, I believe Adelaide needs Jesus, amen? And therefore, it needs all of us to all come together in agreement to see God do what I believe God wants to do. I, I, I don't wanna hang here. For the last few years, we were separated because of restrictions. So therefore, I think we have to make a deliberate choice to unite around a revival. I believe, I, I believe in revival. I believe in a move of the Holy Spirit. I believe in salvations more than we've seen in any days gone by. I believe God still does miracles. And I know this, if you've joined this church and it might be new to you, or maybe Victor Harbour and Solo, you're a somewhat new campus, you're not joining a new church. For so many years into the soil of this church, we have prayed and sowed seeds of faith and the <laughs> prophetic and generosity and, and, and discipleship and sending. And what I know about the Kingdom of God is when you sow, you reap. And while there's a time of believing and praying and prophesying, I believe there has to come a time of harvest. And if the last season has been the most difficult and dark season in many years, on the other side, I believe revival comes on the other side. I believe it's a return to what God's plans were. If we were separated, we're now gonna be united. If we were waiting, it should now be fulfilled. If we've been sowing, we should now be reaping. If it's been a time of waiting, I believe it's a time where God turns all things for good and I believe that time is now, amen? I believe with all my heart, it is harvest season. It is a season of the miraculous. It is a season of harvest rain. It is a season of, uh, of open heaven where prodigal sons and daughters come home. Mark Rad, Mark Rad in Salisbury. I believe this is a year of restoration for you, your family and all that God's got for your life. I said it in the first service, Vic, and I'm gonna say it again. Whatever health condition you walked in with this year, I believe you're walking out different at the end of this next year. Jan, a prophet in the Clare Valley who's been praying and speaking over our church for years. I believe it's in this season you're gonna begin to see with your own eyes what you've seen in your spirit for so many years. I believe uh, for so many of us, for Joel, that there's a that Joel in the city campus. This is a season of increased authority for you right now. Bailey and Sabrina, there's been a season of rest and pause, but I felt God show me a picture of you putting on running shoes and it's time to run the race that God's got for you. I wanna speak over Artie and Lala. You've been running for so, many, for so many years for God and in this next season, you've taken on an increased mantle and the last six months, you and the team have learned to walk with that weight. But I'll tell you, this next season, it's gonna come lighter. It's gonna get more fruitful and there is that, I can't get that out of my spirit. There's a harvest rain coming over Indonesia. While it's been a dry season, I believe a season of revival is coming again for Indonesia in Jesus' Name. I believe in our church, the things we've prayed for and declared last year of miracles, signs and wonders and revival, the time is now, Amen. 
We, you, you might have noticed, this year we haven't given it some new night title. It's a year of this or a year of that. I'm for it and we'll probably do it again at some point. But this year, we didn't do it because we just wanna get on with the mission that God's already given to us. And where there's been a season of, of pausing and, and in between and getting back and helping the church get through, I believe God just wants us to get on with the mission that He's given to us to see all of Adelaide find Jesus, amen? I believe in revival. I believe revival is an awakening of things gone to sleep. It's a reviving of things that have died. It's a reteaching of those same old truths we knew once. It's a return to first love. And I believe God has it for us all, amen? So then this Scripture, oh yeah, just been going around in my spirit. As I wake up in the morning and then during the day and then these thoughts just keep coming around this passage. And when He does that, I don't ignore that. It's not just my brain. It's, I believe God's speaking to me to speak to the church. And I believe in this passage, I just wanna open up today, that I believe is the keys for revival. I believe is the keys for the breakthrough that you're looking for. And it's found in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. And it says this, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That heal their land right there is a promise of revival, of restoration, the renewal that we're believing for. I believe this is God's promise and He actually knew that we'd go through seasons like we went through. This quick story behind this passage of Scripture is David wants to build the temple, but he doesn't get to. So he creates resource and, and he gives the responsibility to his son Solomon, who's now king. Now we read in the Scripture that Solomon built the temple. It's true, but it's not really. The truth is the city built the temple. Solomon was the leader but everyone contributed willingly. Everyone was happy to give time, give money, give their jewels, give what they had, give their resource, give their prayers for the temple to be built. It was one man that got the credit, but the reality is when you read deeper, it actually was a people. So they build the temple and now they come to the time of dedicating the temple. The temple is where God would reside. And, and so they pray and they sacrifice and they commit for many days. And it says that the presence of God came and inhabited the, te the temple. It was so overwhelming. It was so wonderful as His presence came and filled every part of that dedicated temple. Now, where we are now after G from Jesus is we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that we no longer need a place to go to to sense God, we can sense and have relationship with God wherever we are, although it's so important we have moments like today where we gather. And, and, and at the start of the year, I believe we get this similar opportunity to dedicate ourselves and say, God, let my life be for You. Let Your presence, Your favour and Your protection be in me and on me and through me. At the beginning of a new year, at the beginning of the first normal start to a year since 2019, it's four years. In that time, God, at the beginning of this new season, I commit myself afresh after giving and sowing and waiting and resting. I say, God, let Your presence come and fill me for this new day now. Amen. And God loves this. So He comes to Solomon at the end of it and everyone goes home. And God in His kindness says to Solomon, Solomon, here's what will happen. 
the people are gonna drift. Life will happen, enemies will come, distractions will get in their way and God actually says, I will allow different things to come their way. Because sometimes the trauma and difficulty of life mature us, make us depend on God. And He says when there's war, when there's disease, when there's pestilence, bugs, like literally the things you look around the world and you see today. He says, at that point, where they forget about me and their commitment and my presence, when they get on with life, not lost. It's not they were lost. It's just that they got on with life and forgot the commitment they made to God. He says, at that point, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. At that point, I will restore, I will revive and I will renew my relationship with them and they will experience and know my presence once again. I believe after the last few years, God wants to see a revival in His church. I believe God wants to see a renewal in our passion and relationship with Him. I believe a great outpouring of miracles, signs and wonders should be the normal for all of us now. Amen. But let me show you a key and then I wanna break down the Scripture just simply. The key to this is found in those first words and we'll put it up. If my people. Say it again. If my people. Do you know how I've misread it? It doesn't say if my pastor. It doesn't say if my person. Sometimes we're waiting for a for a for a, one prophet, one preach, one moment, one altar call, one, and I believe in all of that. But we're hoping someone else or something else will shift me out of the rut I've got myself in and then everything will turn around. And God doesn't just look to a person. Through all the Scripture, God responds to a people. He says, if my people. You see, when I went to my camping trip, if all of us weren't in, we were never going to fall in love and get to that place where we had the experience that we had. It actually took all of us. I believe a simple example is a picture of the church. If we are not all in to pray, if we are not all committed afresh to, to worship, if we are not renewed and saying, God, do it again in us. If we just stay wanting to keep on going in the same old motions, He knew we would drift. He knew there would be distractions. So He said, when it happens, tell them, if my people, not just you, Solomon, but you've got to apply it for your life too. But if my people, not just the priest, but if my people who are cold by my name. I mean, when Jesus gave His life, He didn't just give it. We teach you, He did it just for you. He did, but He was sent for the world. When Jesus prayed and looked to His mission, He prayed for the city of Jerusalem, not just a person. We've made everything so individualistic, like it's just for me, but actually the truth is you're for them and you're for me and I'm for you. We're actually meant together to unite in this one thing that God came to save the world. The story of Jonah is a story, we think he's wicked because he, he ran from the call of God. I mean, if the Bible was recording my life, it would happen pretty often, right? Uh, and, but we judge him, he was actually a good guy. He was a man of God. That's why God gave him a mission. And this prophet, this good man of God that made some mistakes for sure, it's an evidence that God listens. Nineveh is the evidence that God listens to the voice of a united people, even more than he listens to the voice of just one person. James 12, uh, Acts 12, James goes to prison and dies. 
For the same chapter, Peter goes to prison and lives. Why? Because the whole church united around prayer. I tell you what, there's something, God responds. He says, if you agree in anything in my name, I'll do it. I mean, there's anything we're going to need to agree about in the church is that we need revival. Is that we need something to happen in us so that God would move through us and we can experience and then take with us the power of God into our world so that the people we live with can have eternal life with Jesus. He says that unity commands the blessing. So the blessing, the anointing, the outpouring, the miracles, the favour, the protection, the very thing they pray for in the temple is the very thing that we should pray for for ourselves. But we think God gives it to me if I'm a good Christian, a good person, and maybe sure, you get some of that yourself in your life, but it actually is meant to be more than just you. It's meant to be in us. It wasn't just us saved to live an individualistic life, but to be part of the family of God, the church of Christ, that together we could see the full manifest power of the Holy Spirit. We could see the miracle signs and wonders that don't just make us better, me better, but make us better so that we can see our world changed. Amen. So he says, oh, he says, I'll do these three things. He says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. But he actually says, our people, everyone say people, must humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from my wicked ways. There's a pattern in here that I believe God's showing. I actually think there's a pattern here, a, a, a key here in order to see what we want, which is revival and outpouring, a refreshing, more. Come on, who wants more? Love it. Excited. <laughs> I saw this as I was just, I was walking, because it's been, I was just walking the other day and, and God gave me this, uh, if my people who are called by my name, that speaks of responsibility. We'll put it up if we can, Jess. So responsibility, it's actually our responsibility. We've got to notice this. If we want to see revival, who's, whose responsibility is it? Our responsibility. Will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. It's reliance. And turn from their wicked ways, it's repentance. And I will hear from heaven, relationship, and I'll forgive their sin, renewal, and I will heal their land, revival. That if we can get a, realise the response, if we can realise that we have a, it's our responsibility to find reliance through repentance into relationship to behold renewal, we will see revival. So let me show you just really quickly a couple of things here. Because as we do this, I'm actually gonna work backwards because if we wanna see revival, let's work backwards to us. So to see revival, to see refreshing, to see something new, we actually need renewal. Well, what is renewal? What, well, renewal is connected to I will forgive their sin. We don't talk about sin a lot, but I actually don't think God's talking about that thought you had you shouldn't have had or what you said about your neighbour or what you said in traffic, or I actually think that's not the big sin he's talking about. I think it's more what we see in Revelation 2 when he talks to the church in Ephesus and he says, this is what I hold against you. Not all that stuff, it's just that you lost your first love. He speaks to the church in the next chapter and says, this is the problem. You're neither hot or cold. You're lukewarm. Here's what happens as Christians, and, and I just wanna... Appeal to you, in the last few years, I almost guarantee all of us in some way have drifted. Uh, I took the boys for a stand-up paddleboard the other day, one in the front, one in the back, and we just paddled out to the back. And within a couple minutes, I looked and, well, 50 metres down the beach, 
I didn't have to do anything to get 50 metres down the beach. There was just this natural drift. Can I say, I believe in relationships, marriages, your health, and with God, we naturally drift. And we don't drift to better health and better marriages and better relationship with God. We have to be intentional. I say, every two years, when we had kids, Shans and I made a decision, every two years, we were gonna have a holiday without our kids. And I love holidaying with our kids, and they actually don't like that we do this. And they don't understand when I tell them, I'm not doing this for you or because I don't love you, I'm doing it because I love your mum. And, and life gets so busy, and you're a parent and you're working and stuff, you get so distracted, you actually, your marriage drifts. So every two years, we make a choice to go have it be it two days, five days or a week, we go have a moment of renewal. It's just me and her. It's just getting back to us and, and we don't stand there and redo our vows and all that sort of stuff. And that's cool if you wanna do that, super cool. But you do, we, we just get time together. And just time together, I know her, she knows me, and we're better at the end of it, right? Like queen sleeping bags and stuff. And, you know, and this, because they, we have to, with God, we drift. So what is renewal? It actually starts in us being able to say, God, I have to get back to my first love. I drift. I, 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 it's not that you're bad. It's not that you're an evil person. It's actually that he said, after you dedicate yourself, know this, there'll become a moment where you drift and life happens. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, there'll be a new start, and then I'll heal their land. So if we're gonna have renewal, I said this a few weeks ago, if you didn't have a chance to listen to it, get it, it's two weeks ago on the podcast, this is the weeds. There was a good, Jesus talks about good seed and good soil and the plant grew, but while the plant grew, there was weeds that choked out the life of it. Because say, life has weeds, pull them up and renew, amen? So what do we do that for? Well, the next part of this revival that's come from renewal is from relationship. Because say, this isn't just to have great meetings, not at all. This is so you can have a personal relationship with God and just simply to get back to the beginning. I said in the, in the first service, Genesis 1 verse one, in the beginning, God. This is as simple as it is. In the beginning, God. In your marriages, God. In your finances, God. In your friendships, God. In your business, God. Just put Him first again in relationship. It's just saying, I want renewal so that you would be first with me. Because God has such deep and wonderful things He wants to reveal to you. He has more that He wants to show you. He has great blessing and protection. And just to speak to you, not because everything's gonna be perfect, but just because He wants to know you and you to know Him. He wants renewal that comes to relationship. So how do I have that? Well, repentance. Revival that comes from a renewing of love with Him that's all about relationship, but it has to come from the place of repentance. Now, we don't talk much about repentance. We've made it to be a scary word. It's actually not. It, it actually says this, and if my people turn, everyone say turn. Turn, turn from the wicked ways. And we get scared about that word wicked. Well, if God's holy and perfect compared to Him, I'm wicked. And my ways are wicked and the world is wicked. So, so all I have to know is this means I, I, I committed and dedicated my life to God, but as I drift, I turn and I look at other things. So at this point, I have to say, God, I turn back to You. And it's not that you've run away, but how many of us can say like Jeremiah, oh, Your Word is like, a, Your Word in my heart is like fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. I, no, no longer can I contain it. 
How many of us can say, oh, I experienced the joy of my salvation or there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So often we know God, but we don't know the fullness of Him. And when we get to that point, it's, oh, okay, I've drifted and turned to other things. So I repent and come back, God, because I want relationship that allows me to be renewed so that I can have me and my world healed. Thank you. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, this is, this is what it is, that He loves you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to renew you so He can heal you. And all it takes is a moment where you realise, okay, I was walking this way, but He came and intersected my life. He made a different roadway, a different pathway. And if I choose, I can turn and follow Him, I can choose to receive peace and forgiveness and life and hope. That's what He, that's what he has for you. He, he's done the work. It's not about being religious. There's nothing religious in here. It's not about being perfect. None of us will be. It's actually about turning and saying, Jesus, I need you. So in every campus right now, just bow your heads. We're not finished. Don't go and don't turn off the stream in the other campuses. But this moment right now, if you don't know Jesus, or if you've drifted away to no longer be in a relationship with Him. I'm asking you, would you turn? Would you look at Him? Would you receive Him? Would you accept that you are loved and forgiven and accepted? And would you give your life to Him today? If that's you for the first time, or maybe coming back into relationship with Him, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. And if everyone can just stay still in this holy moment. If you don't know Jesus, would you say these words after me? Everyone listening to the sound of my voice, wherever you're seated, say these words after me. If you're coming back to God, say these important words with me. We'll say them all together. Say, dear Jesus, thank You for loving me and giving Your life for me, for accepting me and healing me. So I turn, I turn to You, I turn back to You. Lead me, heal me, and restore me from this moment forward, in Jesus' Name. Amen. Just while no one's looking in every campus, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or to say I'm coming back into relationship with Him, would you lift your hand for me? While no one's looking, yeah, come on my friends, awesome. Who else would say that's me? Lift your hands right across this place. You say that's me, yeah my friend, that's awesome. Come on, in every campus, wherever you are, lift your hand, there's someone else over here. Come on, who else would say that's me? Come on, in every campus, wherever you are, if you would say I'm coming back to Jesus, lift your hand. He loves you so much, He's got more for you. He's got good for you, lift your hand. He loves you. If you're watching online, there's a number. Just simply text that number and we'll get in contact with you. But this is the most important decision, lift your hand. He loves you so much. Yes, 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 yes. Father, for every person that prayed this prayer in every church right now, I pray Your grace, Your forgiveness, Your love and Your peace cover them and surround them in Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we give God thanks? Isn't He so good? So if you responded or you wanna know more, in in every room that you're in, there's a foyer. And in that foyer, there's, a, there's just people around the couch that would love if you go in there to talk and talk about Jesus and the decision you made. Please come and have a conversation. And if you're on the journey, in every campus, we've got Alpha running, we're about to start running. And it's just simple conversations. 
not to convert, not to convince conversations about who Jesus is so that you can ask and we can talk about what you believe and what we believe and see where we go from there. You're welcome. Amen? Amen. In each, stay with me. In each campus, the team can join me. We want revival, but it comes from a personal renewal. That's all about relationship and it's only found through repentance. In order to get to that place of being willing to repent, you know what needs? Reliance. I say this, uh, I believe that the answer for all of this is always found in the same place. It's prayer. Prayer is the answer to this. You see, after finding Jesus and salvation, I believe the most fulfilling, most important, what should have the highest priority in any Christian's life is knowing Jesus. There's being saved by Jesus and then knowing Jesus. Which is why he says, oh, I, I wanna hear from heaven. I, I, I wanna lean in, I wanna restore, I wanna renew. And it's out of relationship. So he says, pray to me and seek me. Jeremiah, who said, like your words are like, your words in my heart are like fire, shut up in my bones. It's like, it's like you mean so much to me. It's like, like when you fell in love, how every part of you is like, whoa, I just love her so much. He's like, that's how I feel about God. And the, the same guy said that the Father says to him, if you seek me, you'll find me. But then he says this, if you seek me with all of your heart. He doesn't want a part of you, he wants all of you. And he doesn't just want one of us, he wants all of us. That's why it's not a person or a pastor, it's a people. And it's not just a part, it's a commitment of all. Can I say, this is why next month on the 6th of Feb, we're gonna do prayer and fasting. We actually need dedicated time to say, God, help me to go deeper. Help me to pray and seek Your face. Because if we're honest, we all drift. So it's a, it's a moment of decision because we, what we do in fasting and, and if you've never done it and you wanna know more, scan that QR code and we'll get it out to you and there's videos on how to do it and information on why we fast. But basically, this is the way I think of it. We're always nibbling and consuming the things of the world that they fill us but they don't satisfy. And fasting is like a practical example of going without food for a period of time to say, I'm instead of being self-indulgent on the things I want, God, I wanna get hungry and thirsty for more of you. It's a practical way of having a spiritual response that says maybe instead of eating at this point, I'm just gonna spend time praying and seeking because that's how I turn, that's how I relate, that's how I renew and that's how I revive. So how do you do this? If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, everyone say humble. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna pray. Pray now, I encourage it. <laughs> but intentionally, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna seek, seek Him now, but we're gonna do something really specific all together. But what do I do in the next two weeks? If you could catch that this actually needs you as much as it needs me. In fact, it doesn't need me more than it needs you. It just needs us. What do we do in the next little bit? We humble ourselves. Humbling is saying, God, I, I, I can't do my marriage without you. I can't do this job without you. I can't do parenting without you. I can't date him or her without you. I can't work out what this year looks like without you. I can't do my next season without you. It's saying, God, I, I need you. It's actually doing what David did. When David powerfully in Psalm 100 verse 39 
Say this with me. He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Humility doesn't mean we have it all together. In fact, it's the opposite. And there's a seeking and a prayer and a repenting that comes. But can I be honest, in my last few weeks, this is what I've had to do, both literally and spiritually, is I've had to get on my knees before God and say, after the last few years, there's stuff that's stuck to me. Uh, there's hurts that's got inside of me. There's, there's drift that's happened in my life. And God, I'm doing my best, but I, it can't be my best that gets me there. And this is why James tells me, if I humble myself, He'll lift me up. I'm sick of trying to lift me up and lift my life up and lift the church up. To be honest, I'm tired of just fighting it. And, and, and during COVID, we try to do everything to keep everyone together. But but this is what I sense. I sense you want this. I sense you, you're in the same place where you're saying, God, we're ready for more. We don't wanna just get through anymore. But it starts with humility and saying, God, before we run and before we revive and before we have more meetings, before there's these big moments, God, would you search me? The most powerful prayer you can pray is, is God, if I'm to know you, I give you permission to know all of me. God, is there any offensive way in me? Is there any anxiousness in me? Is there pride? Is there a want for things that are not you? Yeah. To be honest, I drove yesterday knowing I was preaching this today. Saying, God, I... I I know some of the things that go on even inside of me. I don't know how to deal with it, but I, I give it to you. I know some things that are, they're not evil, but they're not pure. I wanna be better. I, I, I wanna be more selfless. So I wanna hear His voice more clearly. And, and I'm sick of trying to work it out myself. Maybe I don't have to. Maybe it starts with, oh, God, search me. See me and you lead me in the way everlasting. You lead me into your presence. You lead me into relationship and repentance and renewal. If we can just put a formula to how we do it, it'd be that easy, but it's gotta be Him, there's steps. But revival is not a formula or a person or a meeting or a song or a moment. Revival is a humility, not of one person or one prayer team or one prophet or one worship leader. It is actually a church together saying, we are His people, called by His name for a time such as this. And I believe that if there's been drift and distraction, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. So he says, pray. It's harvest season coming and he needs us to be a part of it. So at the start of the year, we need to do the same thing that Solomon and the people did together. They dedicated their temple. That we'd be willing to dedicate ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, I need your presence in me. I need your favour, your protection. I want to know you and I want you to know me. So I humble myself first. And he says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. 
It's our responsibility to find a reliance through repentance into relationship to behold renewal, see revival. I'm just wondering if as a church we could do this today. And I'm gonna let you do this however you wanna do this. I, I, I can't help but I, I'm a, I'm a, I see things and I have to do things to enact things. So I'm gonna go to my knees. You might wanna join me on your knees in whatever campus you are. For some of you, that's just gonna feel weird. That's okay. If you want to, do. If you don't, sit, stand, lift hands. But this is what I'm asking. If, if, if there's something which I believe is inside our church right now is a hunger and a thirst for more of God. This isn't conviction, this is invitation. This is, I, I sense what God's doing in us and in you and you, wherever you are. We want more. We want His Holy Spirit. We wanna know His presence. We wanna see miracles and we wanna see souls. We wanna see Him heal our land. We wanna see the best days that we've sown into and prayed into. So today I invite you to join me in a prayer that says, God, search me. The beginning of maybe what could be another two weeks of just saying, God, search me. Seek me out. Look through me and see if there's any anxiousness or offence in me so that I can position myself to wholly, wholeheartedly pray and seek and repent. And I believe when we do, He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sin and we'll see revival. So why don't you join me however you want. Be it on your knees maybe, be it standing, be it hands raised, seated, whatever you wanna do, whatever you feel to do, do today. We're gonna pray together and then just gonna worship. This is not about a response for me, I promise. Let there be no pride in this. Just us and Him. And as I pray, I invite you to pray this prayer too. Search me, God. Search me, God. I give me to you. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You are our friend and our guide and that You come so kind and gentle in a moment that leads us to powerful revival. So God, I humble myself right now and I say, God, search me. We as a church come as Your people and say, God, search us. God, look at our heart, look at our intent, look at our spirit. And if there is anything of offence, if there is anything of pride, if there is anything of anxiousness, if there's anything of the world, we pray that You would remove it. Father, we just want You. Jesus, we just want more of You. Jesus, we just need all of You. And we come and ask that in these next days that we would see the outpouring that we know is for this time. We pray that we would see miracles and signs and wonders and salvations that we know You have spoken into our church. We thank You for the prophecies of the last years and the last decade and the last hundred years and the seeds that have been sown and the words that have been spoken and the moments like this in days gone by. But we pray, Lord God, while we've waited and we've sown and we've believed that this season we would see harvest rain, that we would see a great outpouring, that we would see miracles, Lord God, that we would see more, we would see churches 
planted. We would see Adelaide change, but God, let it not be because of one message or one person or one pastor, but Lord God, unite us in agreement together as a church, that there be power in this moment and the days ahead, that You would see a people that would be called by Your Name, the Name of Jesus Christ, that would humble ourselves and say, God, we just want more. So in these days ahead, search us. Look through us. Heal and restore us. Reveal to us Your love anew, that we can find that first love again, that we can know revival. For Your glory we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I want to tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer, or you wanna know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.